Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 563, and today I am excited. I'm actually so excited I'm a little bit out of breath. I have to be honest because I have a, a special guest here that I want to share with you, and I've had her on before, but she's a good friend of mine, and uh, I've hired her in the past as a business coach to really sort out my direction and get clarity, and she's really good with systems and all of that stuff inside of business, but also inside your head. Uh, She runs a podcast called Eventual Millionaire, so her job is to interview millionaires, and from there, she dissects like what they're doing, kind of like what they're doing that that has gotten them to where they're going and, and all of that stuff. So it's pretty cool to be able to sit down and have a conversation with someone like Jamie. Now, what I did selfishly, I kinda had her come on because I wanted to talk to her and catch up. I haven't talked to her in a while. I mean, we've text back and forth a little bit, but I wanted to actually have a conversation and uh, I wanted to talk to her about how and when to pivot in business to reach new heights. And the reason why is because I'm personally going through that myself right now with the podcast, with my other businesses. Like it's just, it's one of those times that you start feeling a little bit of a shift, a little bit of a pivot. And you're thinking to yourself, all right, I want to make sure that I do this right. And I want to make sure that it's for the right reasons and all of that stuff. So I thought, you know what, let's, let's get her on. Let's talk about this. Let's see what she's been up to. Let's see what she's learned, but also let's dig into this topic because I know it's a big one. And every entrepreneur I've ever talked to that has, that has had any level of success always goes through the pivot stage. Like when and, and, and how, and all of that stuff. So right now you might be running your business or building your business and you might be thinking that's all I want to do and that's fine. But I can almost promise you there will come a time, either opportunity will come about that now you have other skill sets that you haven't had in the past and now you do, or maybe you have new connections because now you've been networking with the right people and now a new opportunity comes up or a partnership. So it's going to, it's going to happen. Okay, and you have to think to yourself, like, when is the time to do that and why are you doing it? Because you'll reach a height, like, you'll reach that one thing that you think you were you were striving for and you'll get there and then you'll be like, okay, now what, right? So that's what I want to dig into here and that's what we do dig into here on this uh, on this podcast that I'm going to share with you right now or this conversation, really, that's what it was, her and I kind of chatting back and forth. So I'm going to stop talking so you can enjoy and learn from this conversation that I had with my good friend, Jamie Masters. So sit back, get ready to learn, and also broaden your your mind and and really your vision and your clarity because she is a master at this. So that's why her last name is Masters, I guess, right? No, I mean, I'm just kidding. All right, so anyway, enjoy this interview that I did with Jamie Masters. Well, hey, Jamie, what's up? Thank you so much for hanging out with me. It seems like forever, and I've got a lot I want to talk to you about. How are you doing? I am amazing. It has been forever. Why don't you ever text me? Come on. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we have, you know, like little bits and pieces and stuff, but there's so much that has happened since you and I have worked together. And for anyone that doesn't know, I hired Jamie in the beginning, really, of the podcast, and we're really was starting to become something. And I was like, what do I do? Like, I want to do this right. I don't want to screw this thing up. And um, you've given me so much help. And it's been over three and a half years now. 
since that aired and we hit just 11 million downloads. I don't know if I told you that. No, so, congratulations. Yeah. That's a so, ridiculous amount. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And um and I and I have a, a lot of that to to really thank you and 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 the coaching aspect of it. And I mean just mentally coaching through it as well. Cause you know a lot of it is like the mental side. You've told me that and I know it. Um, but uh yeah, it's been a, a heck of a ride. And you know, really today though, what I want to dig into, I want to figure out what you've been up to. And I know you've been kind of going through some changes a little bit and what you've been doing and, and really how much you've grown. And um, I just, I think I want to really dig into like the pivot for people in business and when it's okay and, and when you should start listening to that. Because I think a lot of business owners, they think because they started in one direction, they have to stay in that direction. And I think that becomes paralyzing sometimes. And I'm actually going through that kind of like right now. You and I have been going through it when I was working with you somewhat, but I've really made that transition. And I actually told my audience that, listen, guys, we're going to be pivoting a little bit. We're not leaving e-commerce behind, but I am going to be talking about these other topics. And I, I, you know, I want you guys to be aware of that. And, um, and it's really, to me, it's about not just about how to sell on the internet. It's about like how to do it ethically, how to do it, what feels right you know, within the core and really just, I think how to do it the best way possible. So yeah, I think pivoting, it's like a huge thing and you've done it, you know, you've done it. Yeah. You well, and so that's, so that's the thing to me, that's really, really important is you get these inklings, right? And as an entrepreneur, you're known, you're known or you're supposed to anyway, you don't always right. do it. Listen right. to intuition and, and pay attention to what it's saying. Mm. A lot of times we ignore it. We're like, yeah, but I'm not supposed to because I'm supposed to do this or right. that. And then the inkling gets bigger and bigger. And then you're like, I hate what I'm doing. Like, why am I hate doing this stuff? Right. And the mm. pain gets so great that you're like, okay, I'm just going to burn all the ships. And, you know, mm. and we don't have to let it get that far either. Right. Mm. Everybody in business goes through an evolutionary process. And sometimes mm. it feels like you're up and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but, paying attention to when you do it and when you don't, I think it's really important. So one little quick thing that I want to say on that was um, I've interviewed so many millionaires mm -hmm. and they would always say that they were serial entrepreneurs, right? And I'd be like, oh, they have so many businesses, right? You can have five at a time and it's awesome. Right. But the funny thing is, is most of them are like, yeah, but you have to have one that does really, really, really well first mm -hmm. before you switch to something else, mm. right? Mm -hmm. so, so when you're going great. I have this thing. It's not actually working. I just hate it. I'm going to hop on somewhere else. Is that really the point to pivot or not? So I usually mm. recommend the book, The Dip for people. Have you ever read that mm. book? Yes, I have. It's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Cause you're yeah. like, I don't know if this is real or if this is just me being an entrepreneur on another up and down swing. And that mm -hmm. sucks too. Right. Mm -hmm. And so trying to figure that out. And again, it is all mental, like you said, is difficult, especially if you're sitting in your own head and trying to do it yourself. Whereas yeah. for millionaires specifically, they usually figure out one piece and then they'll add another one and then they'll add another one later once they've got one going well. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. I, I think the hardest part for beginners is they're, they're wanting to get the result. And if they don't see the result quick enough, then they jump to the other. Yep. But I'm a big fan of like committing to the process and allowing it time. And then you can, you know, give yourself that time deadline and say, okay, I've given it 12 months. Where am, where am I from where I started to where I am now? And is it as far as I want it to be? And if not, why? And does it feel right? Mm -hmm. I think that would be the time. But a lot of people are like, okay, I tried this thing for a month and I'm not making a million dollars. Like this sucks. Know, what the heck? That's what everyone on the internet says works. Come yeah, on. I know. Jeez. I mean, all these cars that people are showing that they're standing by because they, they started, 
Yeah, they started selling on Amazon and literally 30 days later, they have a Jag and it's in their driveway. Imagine that. Yeah, um, I know? got seven. I mean, I totally get it. <laughs> I know. So it, it's, it is, it's frustrating because to me, that is kind of like what's being portrayed out there. And, you know, I just think that a lot of people are trying to find that, that get rich quick, but you can get rich, and, you know, in your own life, not just money-wise by doing something that you, you enjoy, but I think you have to give it time. And we are so impatient because we want results. I mean, let's think about health and fitness, right? We want to work out and we want to see the scale drop. It's just what we want to do. It's the same idea. Um, so I think it's, it's really hard. And I think for me, um, I've been able to stick on a path long enough to get results and then ride it for a little while. And then I get that itch, right? And then I start to ask myself, well, should I, shouldn't I, why am I doing this? And I start asking myself all those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you, you always reach that one level that you think once you get there, everything is going to be awesome. Right. And then you're like, well, wait a minute, I'm here now. And it's not as awesome as I thought, or there's more inside me that I need to, to do because I want to serve more or whatever the reason is, you know? So I guess, how do we get out of our own head? You know? Well, you have to die. I don't know how to tell you. That's all you got. <laughs> so, but that's that's my point, right? So this yeah. is entrepreneurship yeah. ah, in your brain a million times over. And the tough thing is, is that entrepreneurs are sort of wired to like new, different, see opportunities everywhere. Yeah. And because we're wired like that, like visionary, mm-hmm. we go, oh, squirrel, right? Like you hear about that all the time. Mm-hmm. But what we don't understand is that we think that switching to a new path, the grass is greener. And it never is, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I can't say never, but <laughs> almost never. Almost, um, yeah. yeah. And so, and so, but but we haven't experienced those obstacles yet. So therefore, we think it's better. Mm-hmm. So where is that line though between hmm, I'm going through and I should actually make a change mm-hmm. versus I'm just being crazy again and I want to go over here because I'm not seeing the results that I want to. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's a that's a pain in the butt to learn as an entrepreneur because it is mm-hmm. a head game. Mm. So personally, and I went through this too, I can't say anything. Like when I was a newbie entrepreneur, I think I had six different things. I had a mm-hmm. provisional patent. I had all these things because oh, seriously, I had an iPhone app. I had all sorts of things. Yep. And I was like, well, one will hit. And it's not, especially mm-hmm. after interviewing this many millionaires, it's not about that. I found it's the commitment to the end goal that matters, not the how to get to the end goal. That fluctuates typically. Mm -hmm. But what is that end goal? Mm. And if you do actually, I I make my clients like, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. stick with a goal, you pick one and you have to convince me to change it because there are going to be ups and downs to get to that anyway. Mm. That being said, where is the line of, Ooh, I should actually pivot, right? Mm. Typically, if you're actually having some success and you still want to change, that means something, right? You're like, yeah. okay, I know I'm seeing success and that's great, but I don't feel fulfilled. A lot of the times, once we start going through an entrepreneurship, if we don't feel fulfilled, we're just doing it for the money or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, that's a good inkling, right? A lot of people at towards the, um, not the ends of their careers, but they're very successful. I work with a lot of very, very successful people online even. And they're like, is this it? Is there any more? Like, I feel yeah. like I've did everything. Now what? Right? Mm-hmm. So, there's different stages for all different types being an entrepreneur and identifying where you are just mm. really makes a difference on whether you should pivot or not. Yeah. And, you know, again, that's a constant struggle, I think, for, and, and I, I think you, you nailed it though, by saying like, you're going to be at different stages in different places throughout your journey. You know, I mean, I go back three and a half years. I started the podcast just to document my story, had no idea where, what it was going to turn into. 
Um, and, and now it's turned into something pretty amazing, but I also get people that come up to me and they're like, Oh, Scott, you're the Amazon guy. And then that almost makes me like, well, yes, because that's kind of what I've been talking about for three years, but I'm really a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. And I can help you in so many other ways because I've built businesses myself, brick and mortar and helping other people do it in not just the e-commerce space, but that's kind of what got me you know, the, the fame, if you want to call it, or the spotlight. And it's like, and I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs that, I mean, look at Amy Porterfield, right? Mm. She started and she was the Facebook ads girl, yep. right? Like she, that's what she was. And now she, that's not even hardly tied to her. I'm sure people still think of her as that occasionally, but really she's pivoted. And I think it's just part of the journey. Look at our friend, um, John Lee Dumas. Yes. Like, He's, he's pivoted, uh, you know, in, in a few different times, you know, he was the podcast guy. He still is, but you know, he's also now he's into the freedom journal and, and all yep. of these other aspects. So, but I think it's finding that right pivot and when to pivot is the trick. And, um, the way that I look at it is you need a business that can support your lifestyle. Once you get that, then I think it becomes easier in a sense to where you say, okay, this thing will help me survive. And now I can start pivoting a little bit without worrying about this other thing because it's kind of self, you know, feeding itself or whatever. Well, that's why. So niching goes is huge, right? So when you're a beginner, niching makes a huge difference. You can grow so much faster. I didn't, and this is to my detriment. I didn't want to be the podcasting gal. Everyone was asking me to be, and I was like, don't label me as that. I've been a business coach for years. I probably could have made a ton more money, by the way. Thanks, John. Uh, But, but I was, I was so adamant about not niching to the the podcast world because I thought it would be so difficult to switch. Mm -hmm. That was just in my head. (laughs) Everybody goes through an evolution. When you, especially when you have an audience, they love you as the human. Mm -hmm. So switching and pivoting makes a huge difference. Even Mm -hmm. for Eventual Millionaire, I felt the same way. So we, and I love Eventual Millionaire. How else could I ever be introduced to millionaires every single day who are like, please let me, let me meet you. Right. And never in a million years any other way. Right. So, and we're up to almost 500 now. My Rolodex is fantastic. Yeah. That being said, most of the stuff for eventual millionaire is me. <laughs> and I don't personally sell a lot of digital type programs because mm-hmm. I know lots of people don't do them. So mm-hmm. the tough thing is, is how do I build a business that's not all about my face? Don't get me wrong. I love talking to people yeah. and I, I'm keeping eventual millionaire forever and ever and ever because... Mm-hmm introduction to millionaires all day long. Really, really, really great. Yeah. Yeah. But if I were to try and grow that and try and sell it, I I can't sell eventual millionaire because it's me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we created owner box, which is a separate brand. So we can actually keep it separate. So it's not just about me. Mm -hmm. It's about the system. And that way I can actually sell it later too. That makes sense. So like it's going, how do we do that? Because I've seen people try and pivot and switch complete brand names. Mm. um, And and there's sticky situations no matter how you do it. But it's what actually feels right to you for that Mm. next step. I wish I had niched back then. So I tell people now you can totally shift. And there's definitely nuances, as you know, going mm-hmm. through it to mm-hmm. it for sure, yeah, yeah. especially names and all that fun stuff. But we yeah. grow, grow and evolve as humans. So mm. why can't we grow and evolve as businesses? Yeah. And okay, so let's let's talk about that. Because I, I definitely want people listening that feel like, well, I've built this business, whether it's e-commerce or whatever. Let's, let's use e-commerce because that's what a lot of my audience is doing. And they're building a you know, an e-commerce brand, but they're not really like 
they're not like into it anymore, right? It's kind of like, they're just like, they're doing it. It's paying the bills and they're able to maybe acquire customers and they've learned all of that stuff. And they're like, I just, I'm not like fulfilled, right? It's not like satisfying me. Um, Like, so what recommendation would you have? I know what mine would be, but I want yours because you're here. Um, What would you, what kind of advice would you give them? I mean, it's, it's producing pretty good revenue. It's support their, their full time, but they have this other calling that they want to do something else. And it's funny, I'll tell you a story afterwards. I got someone in my inner circle who's doing amazing. I mean, we're talking $500,000 a month in one brand and about 90,000 in another brand per month. And he's at a situation where this is kind of happening. So I just want to know your thoughts first. And then I want to tell you that story. Oh, good. And you're going to be like, Jamie, that's totally not what I would say at all. No, kidding. (laughs) So so what, what I personally know about humans, well, entrepreneurs specifically, is we love new things and we love to learn. And once we feel like it's already been there, done that, there's not that new excitement piece anymore. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I do, um, actually owner bucks, the point of it, my mentor way back when was like, you don't want to be the guy in all the hats in all the boxes of your mm-hmm. org chart or your team structure. You right. want to be the guy in the owner box above mm-hmm. everybody else. Mm-hmm. So to me, having somebody, especially if they're excited about this, of getting themselves out of the role. So if they do want to sell it, they can awesome exit strategy is amazing. Or if they don't want to be in day-to-day operations, you can learn And sometimes it's difficult for entrepreneurs to tell you the truth to let go, but learn how to do those pieces, which should be a little bit more exciting and fun. And then you can sell it or you don't have to because you're not in the day to day. And then it doesn't matter about you and how much you care about this. You can start Mm -hmm. something else because you'll have that time and space. I do that with a lot of my clients too. They're like, okay, this business is great. Eh, like, eh, I want to do this. This sounds fun and exciting. So what we do is we refine the current business well enough and we hire somebody that can be a replacement ideally-ish, mm-hmm. right? And then work on that piece while we're going, ooh, what are those new exciting things? What is that line of fun mm-hmm. that we can start building in the opposite direction? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it absolutely does. And so, okay, so this this one guy um, who I'm so excited to work with because again, he's got so much momentum, but he's a great product creator but not a great marketer. And I'm finding this a lot. Like I'm finding this a lot. Like right now, currently, as we're recording this, I've got nine people out of 10 that we want in there. And I've got three more appointments to basically screen because we're, you know, people have to apply that the whole thing. And Scott has to like them. He has to be like, okay, I'll hang out with you. That is is a requirement. And, and, you know, that was also, I remember you telling me a while ago, like you don't want to, you know, have people that you wouldn't sit around like, you know, the campfire with, right? Like, it's like, you want to be around cool people. And it's like, yeah, I do. Like, if I wouldn't hang out with you on a Saturday or a Sunday, then um, we probably shouldn't do business together and we shouldn't work together. But I mean, that's, I think someone said that recently too. When you, when you can say like, you can, you can basically not be around annoying and whiny people. You have, you are now successful. Basically. I think it's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) What about family? Darn it. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) You can have that. You're successful. So anyway, so these nine people so far are amazing people and, and every one of them has a unique situation and everything. But anyway, so doing great product creator, he can create, does all amazing things, doing 500K in just the UK, by the way, not even in the US yet, which is crazy. And it's on a product that you really can't get that excited about. It's not even a product, it's a product suite, but you can't really get excited about it. It's like, think about bungee cords, right? Like, it's like, how do you make 
bungee cords exciting, right? You're like, well, I could tie my boat down. Um, I could hold a door open, right? Like, how do you create content? Around? Like, it's kind of hard, right? And now you could niche it down and say, well, these, these are special bungee cords for kayaks or whatever, right? You could do that, but it's still not exciting. There's this other project that he's really excited about. And that one's doing pretty well. It's about 80, 90,000 a month, which he's doing, but not as good as the 500. The 500 one is really his cash cow. That's the one that's feeding the business. That's the one that's kind of supplying the cash. Um, and now he's able to pivot and now do all this fun stuff that he hears me talking about, like content creation and finding your right person and then being able to create content that you genuinely enjoy. Um, so I think it comes to a point when you have to understand that you do have to kind of pay your dues. But as you're paying those dues, I feel like you're learning so much through that mm. process. So everything that you learn can be applied to your next thing. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So one of the things, and I, I did this at Ryan Moran's event way back when. So he asked me, how do you get from 1 million to 10 million? And mm -hmm. I went back through and I asked a whole bunch of my friends that were millionaires, like, what is that thing that makes yeah. all the difference in the world? And what it was, was not what I was thinking at all, right? And mm -hmm. people say that all the time, but they said level up on their strengths. But when you're in your business and you're doing, wearing all 17 hats in your business, you don't know which one your strength is. When you're doing your strength, it should feel easy and fun. And like, it's, it's like water, right? You're in water. Because when, when we try and do the stuff that sucks, so if this guy hates marketing, bungee yeah. cords, right? right? That's not his zone of genius. And product creation is, how do we get somebody within the company to be able to do all that stuff that is their zone of genius? So what the millionaires do is they keep going, ooh, what do I want? the best? What other hats of the org chart do I cross out? So mm. I don't have to do the stuff that weighs me down. That's the thing that's so tough about being a solopreneur or having a really, really small team or just contractors. You're doing the stuff that you're probably not that good at, right? Mm. I was okay. a project manager for a really long time. I hate it. Now I can do it, but it is so draining that I was like, I want to quit every single day. Mm. Right. Mm. So being able to identify what those things are that give you energy versus what things are that don't, sometimes that's the only key missing in your business where you feel like you have to do all those other pieces or you haven't even looked at it to identify what you really just would love to do all day long. Because when you're in your business, you're like, well, this is what I do. And because most entrepreneurs have such a hard time letting go or trusting in the system or trusting in the team, That's they you. won't give that over. And then they're like, but now I just, I just want to throw, I want to crawl in a corner and throw it over here because I'm done. I'm done. Right. We're very melodramatic, yeah. <laughs> but in, but in reality, it's like, do a time tracking. What gives you energy? What doesn't give you energy? This is not rocket science here, people, even though it feels like crazy entrepreneur brain, you can actually systematically look at that and go, oh, if I do more of this, that sounds fun. I want to do that all day long. Mm. Go. It's funny that you're, you're saying that because, I mean, I've heard you preaching this forever, right? And Preach. You, yeah. And you, you <laughs> yelled at me a few times for it because I am a very, um, just let me do it myself. It'll be quicker. Um, you know, because I do know um, Photoshop, that doesn't mean I should be creating my graphics. Um, you know what I mean? Um, you know, just cause I know how to edit video doesn't mean I should be editing video. It doesn't, I don't get excited about it, but I can do it and I know the way I want it done. And, but you've taught me that, well, yeah, but if you could take some time, you do have to go backwards a little bit and say, you know what, yep. it's going to take a little time to get these people to where it's at my standards, but in the same breath, it's going to free you up. So that way there, you can do what you truly enjoy, which is being on the mic. Now being on the mic, I get done goes to Dropbox, everything else is taken care of. 
it's amazing. I don't want to transcribe. I don't want to do show notes and all that stuff. Um, but at first I had to, because I didn't have the money feeding into the business. So I had to kind of start doing it myself, which I did a horrible job on the show notes. I did as little as possible because I hate writing. I, I think I told you, I, I hate typing. I'm not a good me texter. Too. I'm like voice boxer. It's like a big thing for me now. I'm like boxing back and forth. I'm like, this is amazing. I don't have to type. Um, so I'm, I'm just, the same way. Oh, I record video, record audio in my car and then send it to my VA and she'll transcribe it. So that way we have all the notes. So I don't have to write anything. Like I hate writing too, but that that's, awesome. but knowing that stuff is really, really important mm -hmm. because the person that's hating their business right now and, and is writing all the time because they hate writing. That's the little piece that needs the fix, not the mm -hmm. whole piece. Exactly. Okay. Have you, um, that this is actually interesting that we're talking about this and I'm just going to throw it out there. Not that I think people get value from it, but I just wanted to kind of share it with you. Do you know Dean Jackson? Yeah. Okay. Well, Dean, I, I love Dean. I've been following him for years. He's just a simple guy. Just, and he, everything is kind of like streamlined, but he has this thing called the self-milking cow. Have you heard of this? I don't think so. Okay. Well, it's beautiful. Well, he, he basically says that we are all people in our business like us, like we're creators or we're business creators or whatever, depending on what your expertise is. But we have to think about ourselves as like a cow. But we are not the farmers. We're just the cow that's supplying the information and the content or the creator or whatever. So we are, a lot of entrepreneurs are self-milking cows because they're basically, so he goes, we have to figure out how to find the farmers, not the what, the who. Yes. And, um, and he did this whole thing on it. And then he said, so what you got to do all day long is you got to put your cow mitts on and anything that you have to take your cow mitts off for, you shouldn't be doing. And I'm like, this is brilliant. I love it. So um, if anybody wants to check that out, I'll link that up in the show notes. That is such a sexier way to talk about. I saw, we we do the exact same thing. We talk about owner versus operator. That's what the yeah. owner box is all about. Owner's role, very, very different than operations, operator yeah. role. Most of the time they do not compute, right? So mm. farmer, cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a copywriter. He's totally good at that. He's very good at creating so pictures awesome. of me oh. trying to milk a cow on myself. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> now we're talking about this on the podcast. Right? It's amazing. I mean, it's just great. You can go for days. Yes. But that's, <laughs> and that's sort of the whole point though. He's really freaking fantastic at that one thing. Right. And right. so, but I even know that he doesn't even do all of the copy that he does for himself because no. no. my copywriter is working with him too. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when you look at what you're really, really good at or what gives you that, that, Oomph. I mm -hmm. thought it was project management because I was a project manager making six figures when I was 22. Right. I'm awesome. Right. Every second of it feels like hell. So right. um, I have Leilani, my right hand, we call her my operator um, mm -hmm. who manages my entire team because I'm not great at managing people either. Mm -hmm. I'm okay. Mm -hmm. but I'm not great. Mm -hmm. um, and so being able to have somebody that can run all the details and do everything and really allow you to be in that creative space and not have to feel like you have to run the, the business, yeah. it's liberating. No, it, it really is to be able to just show up. I mean, like myself, right? Like I had on my calendar that I have to meet with Jamie today at 11 o'clock and I'm like, that's going to be awesome. Like I haven't talked to Jamie in forever and I know I'm going to feel good after I get off that call and my audience is going to get value. It's perfect. Now, if I had to, after this, take this, edit it, transcribe it, put it up on the show notes, put it up on Libsyn. Eh, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I'd be like, creating podcast sucks. I hate this. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, um, can we do this another day? I don't think I'm going to record today because um, I got something to do. Um, or you'll, you'll notice because you'll procrastinate on it, right? So you're yeah. like, oh, I'll do the fun stuff. And yeah. then I just will let all the other stuff sort of pile up. Yeah. And then you don't want to look at the pile because you're like, this is all the pile that I don't want to do. Awesome. I know. Great. I know. 
I know it's so, it's so true. Um, okay. So let's, let's just, before we wrap up, I know you, you are, you're a busy lady and you have other commitments, but let's, let's um, talk a little bit about like owner box. Cause I personally, I started, I started hearing a little bit about it through your emails. Cause I read your emails and, and I was like, um, okay, so she's doing a little bit of a pivot. I'm looking at pivots too. And I'm like, um, and, and so I was just, and I know that you're very good at like systems and prioritizing, like all of that stuff. And I knew that that's kind of where we were kind of going. And so I'm like, I was interested in that. So I just want, maybe you can kind of talk about like, where did this idea come from? Totally. And then how did you bring it to life? So it's funny. I've, I've been a business coach for 10, almost 11 years now. It's I seems 11 now. Yeah. It's yeah. a long time. Right. And you hear the same thing over and over and over again. So I would tell everybody that they need systems and I work with only six and seven figure guys anyway, and, and girls don't get me wrong. Uh, <laughs> I'm just so used to saying guys, yeah. I mostly work with men actually. But the funny thing is, is that I would go, okay, so you need this for a system. You need this, you need this, right? Mm-hmm. Most of the owners that I'm working with are like growth. I want mm-hmm. growth growth, right? Sales marketing, help me double, help me triple. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. The problem with a lot of those things are, yeah, I can help you double. I can help you triple, but it's going to be painful because you don't have any systems set up Mm -hmm. to handle it. But when I would tell them, this is what we should create for systems, it would go on the back burner. It'd be those things that they didn't want to create. And if they didn't have somebody on their team already that was amazing at it and already knew, they'd be waiting for them to tell them what to do, but they didn't like that. So they just ignore it. Mm. So they still create a button. They double their revenue. They're working really hard, but then it's painful. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, I'm working so much. It's this up and down thing. And so what we did for owner boxes, I was like, we're reinventing the wheel. Every single time I try and explain how to do an SOP, we, we actually sourced quite a few SOPs from millionaires already, what's already working. I'm a super geek. So we have Zapier and all sorts of configurations, right? So why don't we just leave the owner out of it? <laughs> mm-hmm. The owner shows up for decision webinars and trainings. That's it. We have an owner's decision sheet. How do you want this system to be set up? Mm-hmm. And then we work with their operator, whoever their right hand is, they have to be good enough to be like their right hand, could be an exec admin or a project manager. But Leilani, my right hand works with their right hand to do everything, to okay. implement it all. So okay. the owner can go, this is how I want it to be. Go do it and come back to me. And we make sure that they set up the system, right? It's very similar to like franchises. When you think of a franchise, oh, yeah. you're buying the systems, right? Yeah. But the problem is, is if I, if I were to sell you a big box of systems, which mm-hmm. happens all the time, buy an employee handbook, buy this. Mm-hmm. No, no owner goes through that because they hate yeah. that stuff. They right, hate right. it. Right. But what's difficult is because the owner isn't necessarily good at hiring or their team aren't A players typically. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know how to manage up because they're like, well, they're my boss. I can't say anything because, you know, I might get fired or they might not like me. So the teams that they're running are are... I don't want to say lower level, but not manage very well because the owner's not, there's new at this, right? Yeah, As you yeah, start growing, we have five, 10 people on your team. You're like, ah, right? Mm. So what we do is we go, owner, okay, you're kind of crazy. We've actually been called a, a, a translation. <laughs> we are a translator between owner and operator oh, because I can go, owners are crazy. I work with, I've worked with them for 10 yeah. years and the yeah, operators yeah. are like, wow, yeah. I'm not the, the only one thinking that, that the, right. right? Because what we found is, is even just learning styles are completely different. So the way that we run the training for the owner is visual and, and wide scope. They want to know visually, show me everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas the operators are typically a lot more detail oriented and more analytical. They want the class syllabus. They want to know how detailed we're covering, when we're covering it. They need to know way in advance. The owner's like, don't tell me anything. 
I don't want to know until I have to make a decision. Don't, I don't. Right. Too much in my head, right? Right, right. So, so being able to give the learning style of each, so that way we can actually train your team to do mm-hmm. what best business practices are. Because mm-hmm. typically, when we hire, it could be somebody from corporate that only knows bigger stru- structures. It could be someone from another small business, but they don't know the perfect systems to set up for your business. And so, it seems like this incongruency um, that hopefully one day we'll have robots to be able to do. No. <laughs> of our systems. But when you, when you think of it, uh, when you think of the way that things are onboarding sales Mm. process, all this, this is not reinventing the wheel every single time, but as an entrepreneur, we feel like it is because Mm. we're unique and different special snowflakes and we want it our way. It's not really like that at all. What you want to do is you want to make the decision. So Mm. it does have your flavor. Don't get me wrong. Then you want to hand it off to your team, make Mm. sure your team can actually do it instead of micromanaging too. That all makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So you're basically creating systems for people on your team or someone on your team to basically implement. Now, what if someone wanted to just a really maybe quick overview, like what would be like a first place where someone in their business could say like, okay, I still, I feel like all over the place. Would it just be to kind of like consolidate everything into one like document so they can kind of see like all of the day-to-day operation stuff and all the things that they don't want to do, what they want to do. Like, how do they flush that all out? That's a great question because that's the other thing. They're like, oh, there's so many things. Yeah. Right? And when you think of the 80-20 rule, you're like, well, what is actually going to make a difference first? Yep. yep. So what we did, and I was actually, I, we always think we know what the people want, right? So we ran a bunch of betas um, okay. because I was like, I think they're, want, they're going to want this. I work with them all the time. They're going to want this. Mm-hmm. I was wrong, <laughs> right? Because okay. they don't want just a big list of SOPs. They don't want that stuff. What we ended up doing was we created three boxes. Okay. We have a team box where it's the 80-20 the of what matters in your team. We have a company box where it's okay. the 80-20 of the systems of the company. So for example, on the company box, we need a dashboard. We need mm-hmm. one place Mm-hmm. Where everybody goes, if you hire a new employee, the everything, the employee list is there. We have templates, of course, scripts and templates mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. Um, so that way everyone goes, we have one place to go. Yay, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all over the place as yes. entrepreneurs, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so that's step one. Step two, mm-hmm. are they even having company meetings at all? Mm-hmm. Are we having people come in and are we, are we actually talking to them? I know I remember chatting with you about this yeah. long ago. Like, are we yeah. chatting with our team? Yes. Do we have goals set up, right? Yeah. So, the, so within the dashboard, because what we have a tendency to do is be so much in our head as an owner. And it's like chaos in there, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yay, I'm happy, but wow. Most regular humans think that we're crazy and we forget how crazy we are because we're hanging out with each other all the time, I right? Turn, <laughs> uh, why did you miss that turn? I was thinking about a hundred other things. Yes, exactly. hundred things, go. Ready? We are so efficient. Yes. But, but And that's the piece of going, okay, do we have this little checkbox off? Do we have a weekly meeting? So that way, for example, <laughs> this is one of my favorites, you set a goal, you set metrics to the goal, and then you forget about the goal or you don't have anywhere to put them, right? But being able to have your team have a weekly meeting where the KPIs are automatically there and all you have to do is look at the KPIs that you care about every single week mm. and it's already done for you mm. and you don't have to tell anyone, hey, we need to update this KPI. Hey, we need right. simplistic things yeah. that really, again, not rocket science, but if you're the owner and you have to tell them exactly how to set this up, it's a pain in the butt. So yeah. we go over that for the 80-20 of what are the things that matter most to a business, mm. right? Company, sales, 
onboarding, right? The things that really make a big difference. Um, So that way they can actually get the ROI from their time in advance as best they can. Because otherwise we're just going to create systems, create systems, and it doesn't save you any time. Well, that's not worth it either. That's a waste. I shouldn't say a waste. It's not necessarily a waste, Uh, but it doesn't feel like I'm making progress and then I want to give up, right? Mm. Like we talked about before. Yeah. So basically it's to uh, get people to follow um, some systems, but also where it can take it off of the owner and hand it off to someone else. And then from there, they can have the, the, the different elements in business to make it run more efficiently, but also less stressful, right? Definitely. I think that's the, that's the key. And that's what we all want. And as you grow, these things become even more you know, even more of a problem um, that you right now, you might not be thinking like you might be thinking, well, I'm just getting started. That's fine. But I would say even while you're starting, start to figure out that first hire or the first three hires, and then what are they doing? And then how can you prepare in the future? So this way here, you could create systems and process because you don't want to be doing it. Um, well, that's the thing that I think is really, really important is we think uh, uh, org chart is big business. It is. It feels crazy and crappy and everybody wants to get away from that. We call it a team structure, <laughs> right? right? But going over your contractors, even if you're the person, you have a ton of contractors. Are they good contractors? Do they suck? Like rating them. We have a team toolbox that goes through and rates who you have, whether they be contractors or employees, okay. right? To know what you're doing. Because if you don't have people that are good, it's holding you down. If you yep. have to ask them seven different times. Yep. Sometimes it's you, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's them, (laughs) right? But then organizing the team outline so you understand how many boxes you're playing. Because Mm. let's say you're the salesperson, but um, nobody's holding you accountable to any of that stuff, right? So you're like, "Eh, I'm letting that stuff go by. Or maybe you're the marketing guy that's like, I hate marketing, so I never look at it. Mm. Nobody's managing you. Nobody's managing up. So if you did actually have a structure where you're the owner, the operator's underneath you, and then you're in the box that's the marketing guy underneath that, Mm. then that means that the operator is managing you. So the Mm. operator's going to go, these are your metrics. How are you going to hit them this month? Mm. Instead of going, well, they're the owner and therefore we're just letting them do what they need to do. Even though as a business owner, you know, when you let those things that you're not very good at slide, your business doesn't see the progress it needs to see anyway. And I'm not saying do all the stuff you hate. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying do do it right now so you can make more money so you can hire someone else in that yeah. place. Yeah. So you can eventually work yourself out of the stuff that you don't like. Yeah. And, and that's a big one for a lot of business owners is when they're growing, they don't want to um, invest that money in yeah. that because they think I want to hold on to it. And I think that's a normal thing for all entrepreneurs. We want to hold on to the money. We don't want to let any of it go, even though we knew or we know that if we let some go and we invest in our, in our company and people, um, we could probably grow even faster and probably even, you know, wider and to a, you know, a bigger audience. And all well, that. you tell me the people that you work with, I know are a players, right? Oh, 100%. And, and beforehand, not having a players and no, like thinking back and going like, I had some C or some mm-hmm. B players, right? The stark contrast that everybody hears about, like it's a cliche, hire a players, have a yeah. right hand. That's amazing. Like that's such a cliche, but it's a million times over because if you don't trust your team, you're going to hold on to everything. So if you've got a bunch of contractors and they all kind of are great and you're the guy like holding it all like on your shoulders, I got this, it's fine, right? Spending the extra money and having an employee or having somebody actually that's, that's an A player that you go, I gave it to them and they did it. Hmm. They did it better than I, I thought, yeah, right? I like them all good. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Maybe I can let go, right? Yes. 
that that matters. So the first cog in the wheel is going, do I have a team that I can trust? So that way they can actually build a system. So me as the trying to hold on to everything business owner can actually freaking let go. If you don't trust the system, you're not going to let go. Yeah, that's and that's huge, and uh, that's been a, a thing for me for a while. But it's it's gotten a lot better, and I believe I am I am partly there. Um, I'm growing just like everybody else, and I think it's just a matter of like you need that level of trust. And once you do have someone you can trust, then you can trust in them to do the right hires or do you know the right approvals or whatever. And you're just going to be at that that upper level where you need to be to make those bigger decisions. So this is cool. All right. Um, where do people find out more about you and what you're up to? And I know that you, uh, you have a lot of resources on your website and stuff. So why don't you direct people where they can go, Jamie? Totally. So check out eventualmillionaire.com. We actually are putting a page together for all your people, of course. So if you go to eventualmillionaire.com slash T-A-S, Awesome. The amazing seller. Uh, we'll put the team toolbox and anything else we mentioned. And if there's any resources uh, that you think would be great for people, whether it be hiring or whatever, let me know and we can add those to the list too. Because I literally, I have a plethora uh, from 500, 500 millionaires, their best practices and all sorts of different guides and stuff. So let me know if anything specifically would help them out. Yeah. And I would say definitely go to iTunes and uh, search for eventual millionaire, go find Jamie's podcast. It's awesome. Um, and it's not just your typical, I'm going to interview someone with an amazing success story. You do dig really deep into what got them there and a lot of the, the struggles along the way. So, um, I want to thank you again, personally, um, every time I see you in person or even on a, uh, conference call like this or whatever. I just, I, I really, truly appreciate everything you do for, um, for the community, but also for what you've done for myself. So I appreciate it and um, we'll be in touch. So thanks, Jamie. Thank you so much, Scott. Have an amazing day. You as well. All right. All right. All right. That was awesome, right? I mean, that was really, really good stuff. And I know whenever I talk to Jamie, uh, I always walk away kind of being like, okay, I've got a little bit more clarity. I, I don't feel as though, uh, you know, I'm, I'm as scattered as I was before or really some things to think about. And, uh, she just really does have a great way of breaking things down and, and also allowing us to understand that, you know, it's normal and it's okay. And these things are going to happen. Um, but, uh, she's a, a master at uh, at that but she's also a master at really like creating a systematized machine in a sense that can run uh, I don't want to say on autopilot, but kind of without you having to be involved. She's really, really big on that. And that's why she's come out with owner box, uh, because that's her wheelhouse. That's what she's really, really good at. So definitely go check that out. If you guys are at all interested. And I just want to remind you guys, like there are going to be times in business that you have a little bit of an itch, right? You have a little bit of a thing that's kind of like pulling you and you're like, man, I want to do this thing, but I know I need to be focusing over here and that's okay. You know, but you, you have to, you know, kind of consider why you're feeling that way. Right. And sometimes you do have to take a step or two back. So this way here, you can move in the right direction that you want to go. Because to me, it's not all about the money, right? If all I wanted to do right now is bank on a whole bunch of money, because, uh, you know, that's all I was doing this for, then all I would do is just go and find more tools to promote to people about Amazon. And I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even care. I do care. That's why I don't do it. But I wouldn't even care if the tool was a hundred percent like what you needed. Like if I was all about the money, that's what I'd be doing. I'd have sponsors on this show and I'd be just pushing and pushing and pushing, but that's not what I want to do because that's not where I feel 
my energy and really my, I guess my calling is, right? My calling is to help you and myself create a lifestyle business that can support our life and our family, right? But also doing the things that we want to do. And even though right now the business that you created might not be the the business that's going to be the thing that's going to light you up in five years, that, that might not have happened yet. And that's okay. I just think you have to, you have to embrace the journey because everything that I learned 15 years ago in business. And then after the first five years, I learned something new because I changed and I pivoted. Then all of that stuff helps me today. So it's a journey and you have to be willing to open your eyes to it, but also you have to, you have to look at yourself or, or feel internally what's happening and you'll know, like you'll know when that time has come. And you know, like this podcast, it started as me just documenting my journey about how I got started on Amazon, right? But then as I did that, everyone starts to know me as the Amazon guy. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute here. One day I'm like, I I don't want to just be the Amazon guy. I want to be like the guy that can help someone start a business from scratch or someone take their business that's currently doing okay and bring it to a new level. Or, you know, like take those skill sets that I know that I can help people with, not just being coined as that person. You know, but in the beginning, yes, if I niche down like we would do in business, if we, if we wanted to go after the bass fishing market, we might want to niche down to the kayak bass fishing market. Like that's fine because then it's easier to get in there and, and, you know, get attention. But once you have the attention, then you can kind of then pivot and then go into either a wider, uh, a little bit of a wider area, kind of like what I've done, right? Like there's other people out there teaching like how to build a brand. It's just, this is my style. So why not do that if that's what makes me feel fulfilled and then being able to help people in other areas, not just how to sell on Amazon. Like, you know, there's just so much that you can do there. So anyway, I'm ranting a little bit, but I wanted to kind of just share with you my thoughts and kind of what's happening internally in myself at this point in my, in my life and in my career, and I'm going to embrace it. Right, so uh, it's a lot of cool things that we've got coming up. Um, this Brand Accelerator Live event in September 2019, which I announced, that's a big one. That's a big one for me. A little, a little scary, a little nervous, but I'm going to do it. And the reason why I'm going to do it is because it feels right, right. And if it feels right, then why not go after it? right? People have told me they want it, but I don't know yet 100% how it's all going to turn out. I think it's going to be amazing, right? But I didn't know also how many people would listen to my podcast the first episode that I recorded, and then I put it out there, and then here we are three and a half years later, 11 million downloads, you know, thousands of people all over the world. I've got a whole thank you wall of people that have wrote in and said, you know, that I've helped them get started or helped them take their business to the next level. Like it never would have happened if I would have just shut down. And if I didn't pivot, right. Cause at that time I wasn't doing any of this stuff, right? I mean, I was doing my stuff, but I wasn't telling everyone about it. So that's the difference. Um, so Anyway, yes, it is scary at times when you're thinking to yourself that you want to pivot because you might be taking a little bit of a, of a sidestep, but sometimes you have to do that in order to grow. And um, that's what I'm doing here with this Brand Accelerator Live. Like, I'm doing it. And I'm also doing a secret project, which I'm going to be revealing, fingers crossed, at this Brand Accelerator Live event in September of 2019. And uh, that's something that I'm working on for the next seven to eight months. And it's going to be quite a little project. And uh, I'm a little nervous about that, too. But I'm going to do it because I want to and I think that I need to. 
uh, and uh, that's what I'm doing. So I think you need to look at your own self and uh, and trust in that and believe in that. And uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that the thing you're doing today has to be 100% right. It just means that it has to feel good for right now that you know in order to get to that next place, you need to do this. And uh, that's why I'm big on you know, taking action, right? Because everything we do is taking action. They're taking little steps that will then eventually bring us to that next thing. And then that will also allow us to step to the next thing, right? And I'm not saying chasing shiny objects. I'm saying as you evolve as an entrepreneur, things are going to change. They are It's just going to happen. All right. So uh, Brand Accelerator Live. Why don't you go over and check that out if you have not went over there and seen what it's all about. And if you haven't grabbed your ticket yet, please do so if you want to hang out with uh, about 300 other brand building e-commerce slash marketing uh, people. If you want to do that, definitely join us. I would love to have you and hang out with you for a few days. It's going to be amazing and it's going to be networking. It's going to be relationship building. It's going to be external traffic. It's going to be, uh, you know, how to build a real brand, not one that just relies on one channel. And I am super excited about it. So brandacceleratorlive.com, or you can go to theamazingseller.com forward slash live or you can go to the show notes at theamazingseller.com forward slash 563 and you can grab all the show notes to today's episode and you can find the link there for Brand Accelerator Live. All right, guys, so that is it. That is going to wrap it up. Remember, as always, I am here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.